attendance, I'm sure you, I'm sure you vividly remember <laughs> that we read from Ephesians and discussed the wonder of knowing Him, of knowing Christ, knowing Him in the way that He desires to know us. We talked about New Year's resolutions and the fact that there is nothing we should be more resolute about than knowing Him better. As hard as it is to believe, 2017 is half over. And so the question is, do we know Him better than we did on January 1st? Do we, do we know Him better than we did on January 1st? And I would say that most of us have been very busy since the 1st. Uh, we've regularly attended church. We may have engaged in some Bible reading and made efforts at consistent prayer. But in spite of all that, most of us likely don't know Christ much more deeply today than we did on the 1st. And the, the uh, truth of that is that in order to know Christ more deeply, we need to know ourselves more deeply. And the problem with that is sin. It, it uh, numbs us, and it impacts our desperate need to really know Him in the way that He wants us to know Him. And it doesn't take, I don't think, great sin to diminish knowing Him, but it's the more subtle sinfulness in us. And this is the sinfulness where uh, we have this constant self-focus on ourselves and this insatiable desire to make ourselves the center of our lives. And that gets in the way of knowing Him. Today's scripture reading reveals our desperate need for Christ and his awesome, glorious nature and his deep love for us. So would you pray with me? Father, we're humbled. We're humbled by your majesty, power, glory, and righteousness. We're even more humbled that you know and love each one of us. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, open our hearts, our minds, and our souls to your word that we might know you better. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, the, the Bible is incredibly descriptive about revealing Christ to us in so many ways, at so many levels. And it's, it's probably fair to say that eternity doesn't provide enough time to fully exhaust the depths of knowing Him. But all we're concerned about today is 20 minutes up here. So don't, I'm not going to preach into eternity, so 20 minutes. So we'll, we'll take 20 minutes. We'll take this reading from Mark uh, to accomplish a couple things. To know him better and to know us better. And in this account of Mark, Jesus has been doing some remarkable healing, gaining lots of attention. You know, crowds are, are following him. That you can just you can feel the energy and the commotion uh, around him. Uh, Jairus, one of the rulers of the synagogue, has just fallen at Jesus' feet and begged him to come heal his daughter. And Jesus agrees to do this. 
and begins the journey to heal the little girl. And again, by this time, the mobs are, are gathering in size and I would believe in intensity from verse 24. And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And it's got to be bordering on what you would, would it be like to have some kind of famous athlete or a big-time celebrity meandering down the street. His, his miraculous works have been spreading. And, you know, Jesus doesn't have secret service or, or a lot of security detail. He's got, he's got these disciples probably trying to keep some semblance of order. And now the, the bleeding woman appears. And who is she? Well, she's been suffering for 12 years with a complex bleeding condition. And you also know that in the, in the Jewish tradition, bleeding indicates uncleanliness. This is a serious problem. We also know that she's been to countless doctors with no relief and she's spent most of her money. The woman is desperate for a cure. And in this condition, it's unlikely that she even wants to be seen in public. But she has heard reports about Jesus and the healing miracles. She seeks him because she trusts that even if I touch his garments, I will be made well. And you can imagine her desperation... Imagine her humiliation. And she appears to have no intention of having Jesus notice her or draw any attention to herself. All she wants to do is touch his garment and be healed from this. Now, you know, we could... And so what happens is she reaches. She touches. She contacts the garment and is immediately healed. From verse 29. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she was healed of her disease. She was healed of her disease. Now we could, we could probably just stop right there. Make a, a, you know, maybe we could make a warm fuzzy Bible story about that and move on. But the truth is, we are all that woman. but were numb and blinded by the desperate need to touch even his garment. In our sinful state, we're all, un, we're all unclean. Sin masks our ability to really see ourselves for who we are, and sin masks our capacity to see God for who he is. We see ourselves greater than we are, and we see God less for who he is. And in that way, our relationship with God is horribly distorted. To fully know Christ, we need to know that this sin masks our desperate need to know Him. And I would say this, we don't normally want to believe that about ourselves. We just don't. And then, you know, this is what Catherine used to say to me when I had to tell her something she didn't want to hear. She, she'd say, Dad, you're making my feelings feel bad. And uh, the fact is, whether we want to admit it or not, we are as desperate, we're as desperate as that bleeding woman, regardless of how that makes us feel.
Now let's, let's take a look at Jesus in this account so that we can know him better. Verse 30. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And amongst all these people and amongst all this commotion, he stops. He, you know, he stops on a dime. The creator and sustainer of the universe and all that's in it stops and starts looking. Verse 32, and he looked around to see who had done it. Uh, what she had done was noticed. And I don't think the bleeding woman was expecting that. And it's kind of like gulp. Given her unclean condition, she probably just wanted to go and notice, touch that garment, be healed, and slip back into anonymity. But think about how she must have felt when he stopped and turned. She was a diseased person. She had been bleeding. And this is a rare account of a person who, who needs healing, doesn't utilize a third party, and doesn't go screaming to Jesus face to face. She does this secretly and discreetly. But Jesus stops and wants answers. At this point, she knows the gig is up. Verse 33. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And there she is, face to face, with the creator and sustainer of life. And she tells the whole story which may have gone something like this. And imagine her tone if you can. Lord, I've been suffering for so long. There's been no relief. It's a horrible disease. I've been to all the best doctors and none of them could cure me. It only got worse. I'm unclean for 12 years. I heard about you. You became my last and only hope. Based on the reports of your power, I was convinced if I could just touch your garment, I would be made well. I didn't want you to notice me. I'm not worthy of that. But the moment I touched your garment... My bleeding stopped. I was healed. It's a miracle. I believed you could heal me, and you did. And then you just can kind of sense that maybe she lowers her head. And you can imagine there's also probably a little bit of silence here. Jesus has likely been so focused on and attentive to her story. He listens. She's nervous. And likely that crowd and those throngs of people, they're probably silenced too. He begins to speak. And I, and I imagine that she lifts her head in verse 34. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace 
and be healed of your disease. Now think about the impact of Jesus' first words here. Daughter. A relational term. A loving term. Daughter. A term reserved for special people. You know, and personally, again, I have one daughter, and I don't love anyone quite like I love Catherine. But our Lord refers to this bleeding woman as daughter, and I don't think we ought to gloss over that. Because I think that says something. And think about what it must have been like for this woman to have this thing stop and hear Jesus refer to her as daughter. Think about also what it must be like to be face to face with uh, the Lord Jesus at this time for this, for this woman. To look, in, in it, to, look, to look into eyes, to his eyes, that have never sinned. To be spoken to by lips that have never uttered any sinful word, but only words of heavenly wisdom. To be called daughter. To be told your faith has healed you. You will be made well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Think about what that must have been like. And do you think this woman experienced more than just physical healing? Do you think she came to know Jesus differently on this day? She came for a touch of a garment for physical healing, but left with a relationship with the Lord. And do you get a sense of Christ's love in this account? His nature? His power. Do you think this woman was ever the same besides being physically healed? In the Bible, those who have had the experience of knowing Jesus are never the same. They're transformed. Do we know him this way? Have we gone to him in our desperation? Have we experienced his healing touch? Have we experienced being called a daughter or son? Are we being transformed because we know him? You know, it's, it's interesting. In uh, the 27th chapter of Matthew, in the 55th, 55th verse, and this is where Christ is being crucified. And this is what it says in Matthew. It says, There were also many women there looking on from a distance, who had followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Joseph and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. Besides those specifically named, there were also many women there. Do you wonder? Do you wonder if the bleeding woman was one of those women? watching the crucifixion that day. The horror of the crucifixion that day. How about the, how about the woman at the well, if you remember that account? How about the woman caught in adultery? I think they may have been. They all had the experience of knowing him and being changed by knowing him. Knowing him out of their desperation. 
knowing them out of their humiliation and knowing him out of his revelation and experiencing his grace, his mercy, and his love. And you know, isn't it at the cross where the ultimate healing occurs? Our healing? This is where we're healed and made whole again. If we're to know Christ, we must know and understand his desperate desire to do the Father's will to reconcile us. We must attempt to understand that sacrifice. We are the, the bleeding woman, but our healing is not physical through the touching of his garment. Our healing is through his life, excuse me, is through his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, and ascension which was all done out of a death of love that we cannot begin to understand. In our case, Christ doesn't stop us from bleeding, but he stops the power and devastation of sin from separating us from God. In the bleeding woman's case, if she was in her 30s, I, I don't, you know, she's 30s, whatever, she maybe had another 40 or so years to live uh, and be healed. Faith in Jesus Christ, our healing and peace goes to and through eternity to be with him forever. Should we be desperate to know him? Make a couple more points and we'll uh, uh, begin to close. This, and this, this is, if we just stop here for a moment, and if you'd notice, we're all breathing. We tend not to, to notice that. And the, the reason we're breathing is because he said so. From the second uh, chapter of Genesis, the seventh birth, b- verse, then the Lord God formed the man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. That continues on here today. We breathe because he said so. Now, if anyone here wants to take credit for generating their own breathing, what we'll do is we're going to set, we'll set up a table for you in the narthex. And you can explain how you pulled that off. And uh, we should probably want to know you. Otherwise, the fact that he, he gives us breath, we should want to know him. But it's not only for the breath that he provides for us here during our temporary stay in this creation, that we should be desperate to know him. But more importantly, for the breaths that go on and into eternity in the heavenly kingdom, that we should want to know him. Now say it again. If anybody here wants to take credit for creating those, those breaths, we'll set up a bigger table in the back. And you can... Describe how you did that, and in that case, we should really want to know you. But uh, no, we should want to know him. And if, friends, if, if you want to know Christ in the way that he wants to know him, we need to understand that we are as desperate as this bleeding woman described in Mark. Our, our sinful condition makes that uh, hard for us to go out to him out of desperation and humiliation. But because he heals us at such a great price, out of such great love, 
we should seek to know him out of incredible gratitude and appreciation. And if we do know him in this way, if we know him this way, we won't but help but to praise and worship him and want to know him better and better. And so, it's like, okay, how do I, you know, how do I do this? Uh, and uh, everybody's busy, everybody's got a full plate, got a lot of things to do. So, how do you, how do you know him better? Just a, a couple of suggestions, and I'm almost... First thing we do is we read scripture. He reveals himself in the word. And there isn't a day we shouldn't be reaching for the Bible with the same desperation that the bleeding woman reached for his garment. And it doesn't matter how briefly we read, but touch him through the word. We come to know him more deeply and our need for him more deeply. And I would suggest also that we would, uh, we would need to pray. And maybe in some ways pray differently than we pray. You know, Christ in, in prayer, and this is where I just probably know enough to be dangerous. Uh, when, when you pray, and this is hard to fathom, Christ is focused on us with the same attention as he placed on that bleeding woman when he stopped and turned and looked at her. When, when we pray, he is that intent on us. And the Father uh, hears you in the same way. He's listening to, he listens. Uh, you know, he loves hearing our story. He loves hearing our requests. He loves hearing our thanks, our praises, our asking for forgiveness. He hears us as though we're the only ones and all the rest of the noise of the world stops. Sometimes I think we pray with this, uh, this same timidity as, as, as the bleeding woman. She doesn't expect Jesus to stop and notice her. We pray not expecting the creator and sustainer of life to stop, turn, and look at us. But he does. And prayer is a, is a supernatural act. And I don't know what to say other than if you want to know him deeply and deepen the relationship, we need to engage in prayer and expect the same response, go to him with the same desperation, and expect the same response. Uh, John Calvin in the uh, Institutes of the Christian Religion. You know, we're Presbyterians, so Calvin, we're going to kind of a link. Uh, here's, what, uh, here's what Calvin says about prayer The necessity and utility of this exercise of prayer, no words can sufficiently express. Assuredly, it is not without cause our Heavenly Father declares that our only safety is in calling upon His name, since it is by it we invoke the presence of His providence to watch over our interests, of His power to sustain us when we are weak and almost fainting, and of His goodness to receive us into favor, though miserably loaded with sin. In fine, call upon Him manifest 
himself in all his perfections. We ought to pray. Okay, we're, we're halfway through. We're halfway through 2017. Uh, and I feel as badly about the first half as maybe some of you do. But let's be resolute about knowing him. Let's desperately be resolute about knowing him. Let's pray. Father, we are humbled and grateful that you not only know us, but that you love us in a way that we cannot fathom. Your word is precious to us. Christ is precious to us. Help us to know you better. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.